Welcome to the 46th episode of Let's Conquer Books. Hans Rosling in his book Factfulness said, There's no room for facts when our minds are occupied by fear. In this episode, I talk about a quote by Jack Ma that reveals the power of empathy, which books are a great source to create and build empathy within yourself. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Alexander, the Great Reader, and this is a podcast where we read, study lessons, and build our inner power because the next level we will reach does not tolerate cowards. I was inspired to do this episode by a quote from Jack Ma. He is the founder... And I think he's still the CEO of Alibaba, which is huge in China. He said, well, he believes no matter how smart machines are becoming, the world's biggest and most pressing problems will be solved not by machines, but by smart humans with the capacity for compassion, understanding, and of course, love. To Ma, this is the human secret weapon that will outthink machines and drive progress. So what I think is part of what he's saying is having empathy. And empathy is the ability to take the perspective of and feel the emotions of another person. I believe books are a great way to create empathy. The future is going to, I don't want to say made easier, but a lot of jobs will be displaced. And AI is going to make our lives better in a certain way, but it is going to have some unintended consequences and some backlashes that affect a lot of our society, members of society. And I think that creating empathy is key to not only surviving, but thriving in an environment where AI is going to take a lot of the menial tasks. I read a book called Bullshit Jobs, touches on that. There's a lot of jobs that people do just because they have to pay the bills, but that they don't really necessarily like. So empathy is going to be key and is key to our futures, and books create empathy. I'm going to just mention some books that I've read that have created empathy in me. The first one is Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. What this book did was create an empathy towards injustice. Brian Stevenson was a lawyer or is a lawyer in the 80s in Alabama where there's still a lot of racism and injustice in there. And reading the book... There was injustice in the way they were picking juries. They were purposely picking counties with more white people so they can get a more, a majority white jury. The police and judges were making it difficult for the trial lawyers and Brian Stevenson by their investigations, not cooperating, defending the other side, taking the side of the the prosecution. They wouldn't let supporters 
into the courtroom, supporters of the accused. Another injustice is how quickly they put mentally ill people in jail. When he started interviewing a lot of people that were in jail, he noticed that a lot of them were mentally ill and they shouldn't be in jail. And he saw that the court system was just processing these mentally ill people quickly just to get the, the trials over, get the convictions, but not really looking into what's wrong with this person who committed this crime or what has happened because a lot of them had hard stories, hard things that happened to them. There was another injustice in the book of uh, the police putting a 14-year-old in the cell. His father used to beat his mom. It wasn't even his father, his boyfriend's, his mother's boyfriend beat his mom a lot. And one day she hit the edge of a countertop. She's bleeding. He freaks out and he shoots the guy, the boyfriend. And the boyfriend turns out to be either an ex or a cop. And they just treat this kid like crap. They put him in a jail cell with adults. Uh, adults sexually abuse him. Just pure injustice. The police torturing their suspect till they get an admission of guilt. There's, this is common. In the book, there's a story where they put the person who's being accused in the cell in death row all by himself and just making him go crazy until the point he said, you know what, I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want. Just get me out of here. That's very unjust. The second book is The Short and Tragic Life of Robert Peace by Jeff Hobbs. The empathy in created me is that this person, Robert Peace, had no male figure for mentorship. You know, he was using drugs the whole time. Although he was a very smart kid, he was good at swimming, I think he was good at, or water polo, some kind of water sport. He was using drugs the whole time, and... Not a normal amount. He was selling drugs to help people around him. There was no one there to say, don't worry about this, Robert. I'll help these people or let's find another way to help these people. Or, you know what? Sometimes you got to make decision, hard decision and help yourself before you help others. He was wasting a great opportunity of attending and graduating Yale. He went to Yale University, a kid from the hood, the projects, went to Yale and he was wasting this opportunity working at an airport, not really looking for a job. He was a really smart kid. No male figure there to tell him, what are you doing? And he would have stopped helping people that were sucking him dry. Everywhere he went, people were always asking for money. Women, men, they were always needing from him. And he was always there to give them, which is a good thing. But a male mentor would say, hey, you're going too far it's going to be a path of self-destruction trying to help everybody. And unfortunately, trying to help everybody and getting tired of trying to help everybody, he went for that big score so he could just help everybody in one shot and retire from selling drugs, but it cost him his life. That's what happens sometimes. And there was nobody there to tell him that this was not the way. The third book is A River in Darkness by Masaji Ashikawa. This book, the empathy created for me is that people who live in North Korea, 
we really can't grasp what those people are, are going through in North Korea. But this book does a really good job. So he came from a father who was North Korean, who moved to Japan, and they kind of tricked him into moving back into North Korea. So they went back to North Korea and Japanese were being looked down at upon over there when they went back and they were being treated really bad and they were actually always looking for things they had because the North Koreans had nothing and they were like, oh, look at this watch and, and trying to take things away from them. They were always using them like they would not help each other. But when there was a celebration of any sort where there was drinks and food, they would all show up and be nice. There was no food. The detail that this book goes to how much these people were starving is nuts. Nuts. I don't even think it created a little empathy, but not enough. Because these people are really starving there. And I feel, wow, I can't believe what these people in North Korea are going through. I've, as a person with two children and a wife, man, the stories he gave of watching his family starve, his wife starve... His newborn baby starve. It's just, it's hard to read. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to really feel. You're reading, you feel little, but being in that situation for real, I can't imagine for this man. He couldn't afford a doctor to have his baby in a hospital, so he had to have a home. And that was a really crazy situation where his wife almost died and he had to knock on the door of the doctor and the doctor didn't want to help him, but he had to. He was like, all right, I'll help you. There was another sad story where his son, the one who almost died, and now he's grown up. He gets in a jam where they set him up. He's a young kid trying to work because that's all you can really do in our career is get this job. They're really only you work all day and you maybe 20 percent of your needs get met through this job that you work all day. And he gets in this jam where they people set him up because they're stealing and now they're going to kill him. Just a bad jam. His son had to run away and his, his father was powerless because of the situation he's in. Sucks. And then he had to make this tough decision because he wasn't helping nobody. He couldn't feed himself. He couldn't feed his family. There were nobodies in this country. And he just said, you know what? I'm going to cross this river, which was a scary story in itself of what he did. Very crazy. And he made it through, and he's still trying to help his family get out of that situation in North Korea. Another book is Hiroshima by Jerton Hershey. This is an older book. It's a classic. And this created the empathy in me that people who experience that atomic bomb exploding in their community, you know, it goes into a very detailed description of the trauma, what they see of dead bodies everywhere they were going, they're crossing rivers, and they're... While they're paddling, they're hitting bodies and people's skin deforming and the trauma of surviving something like that. Like now they have all these crazy health issues that to sort of keep going with all these loved ones that have died. It's a very sad time of history that people went through a hard time. Another book is Bad Blood by John Keriru. This book I liked a lot, but it did create empathy in me. And this is more of a business true crime book. 
But the empathy it created me is an empathy for whistleblowers, people who are trying to alert the government, alert investors, alert anybody who is willing to listen of what's wrong is being done. And in this case, Theranos was lying about their tests and their science and their results. And they wanted people to know because they feel they can hurt people who need to know certain things about their blood. And Elizabeth was a nice person, very charming. But once she found out that you were going against her goal or or what she's trying to achieve because you didn't believe that it was right or they were doing wrong, she turned on you and she became very evil and you just wanted to quit your job. And the person is just trying to do what's good for the end consumer. Their careers were threatened. They had to leave those jobs and they, they left with a bad image of being someone who's not a team player, someone who's they accused them of things, of lying, of, of things that they didn't do, but others were doing. They were being held liable for Elizabeth Holmes and others that were doing bad things and they would blame them. They're, they were also threatened financially through litigation because they always made them sign non-disclosures. So anytime they would try to help and they see this company keeps growing and growing and they're starting putting these devices in Walgreens and CVS all around the country, they wanted to speak out. But the costs of going to court and fighting Theranos, who's giving lawsuits of, of violating their non-disclosures, would financially destroy them and they didn't want to put their family through that. And these whistleblowers wanted to help, but they felt like they couldn't because there was just too much power on the other side. So I felt empathy for that. So there you have it. That's this episode. The action I want you to take is take empathy as a serious thing to build, to continue to build, to grow in, to have a deep skill in. Because like Jack Ma says... AI is going to solve a lot of problems, but the big ones, the important ones, are going to be solved by humans who have compassion, kindness, and empathy is the number one. It's going to be a skill that's very valuable, and books will help you create that. So start creating empathy or more empathy by reading books and learn the way I learned, like the books I mentioned, you know, read them the way I did and feel what those people are going through. And remember, your, the future, the, your future depends on it, and it will guide you to work on solving problems that machines cannot. I want to thank you, the listener, for over 5,500 plays and downloads. My current reading challenge, I'm at a 202 books out of 200, so I have met my goal. My goal was never 200. I just moved it up to, but I, I read 200 books. Crazy. And let's connect on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The links are all in the description. I spend the majority of my time on Instagram. So if you're an avid reader, someone who reads a lot, you're an outlier reader, a publisher, librarian, author, let's connect. I'm looking for show ideas, show interviews, and I'll catch you on the next one. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, 
Anchor, or any other podcasting platform so you don't miss the next episode where I talk about reading actually changes the wiring of the brain.